You all know the Friday the 13th franchise, right? Jason Voorhees, guy with the ski mask, Camp Crystal Lake, mommy issues. My girlfriend and I sat down to watch the 2009 adaptation this last fall because we had never seen it before. We both, however, have watched the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It sucks, by the way. First point I want to make is this movie is supposed to be an hour and some odd minutes long. It took us two plus hours to get through it, because by the time we went to bed, it was 1am after starting at 9pm. This puzzles both her and me. The movie starts with the kids in a van being idiots, and I faintly remember being like, dang, these people look familiar. But, obviously, they could just be familiar actors. There's a guy in a wheelchair with a group, and they're on the trip to find weed growing in the woods, basically. And that's how they should end up at Camp Crystal Lake, with Jason, and the guy who finds the weed dies first. This doesn't happen for us. The group picks up a girl off the road before they arrive at the camp. She kills herself in the back seat with a revolver from under her. This caught my eye and apparently my girlfriend's as well when we talk about it later. The movie makes it clear we are going to be paying attention to the civilians they encounter after. A little boy and a cop. It's after this they get to the camp and, spoil alert... They all die at the hands of Jason, Jason Voorhees, except for one girl. At this time, we were thinking, you know, horror movies can be pretty similar. Now there's a bunch of new rich kids coming to the camp to a cabin, an Asian guy, a black guy, two white guys, and two white girls. The brother of the one spared girl from before is looking for her and asks the group of drinking and partying teens if they have seen her, and... And they're like, no. This is where it gets weird, and we are really noticing. The big brother is talking to the cop, who tells him to give up, and all the rich kids start disappearing and dying stupid deaths. One while water skiing with an arrow, at the hands of, and I kid you not, Leatherface, Bubba. At this point... My girlfriend and I are confused if this is supposed to be some crossover. And no, it's not. We keep watching and the rest of the entire movie is just like the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm talking the detectives, the hanging on hooks, the freezer. It's different actors. It's still at Camp Crystal Lake. There's the scene where the girl protagonist goes to drink tea with the two tea ladies in the camper the scene with the cop in the car, and how no one escapes, scene with the semi-truck, scene where the Asian kid goes to the shack and gets killed, and Bubba is the one chasing them in underground tunnels he made from the house from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This whole movie is supposed to be Jason. Bubba is smashed into a wood chipper thing in the barn with a chain and they stab him. When the two teens escape, They throw him in the water and at the end, detectives narrate that the case is still open. This messed me up. This scene is supposed to be from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. My girlfriend and I are mind blown to this day. We watched the exact same thing 
and only her and I can be like, you remember when this part was actually so-and-so, yes? We watched it again, this time reading Wikipedia, and it was exactly how it should be. There's no suicidal girl hitchhiker, and no little boy or Sheriff Hoyt, and it's Jason throughout, not Leatherface slash Bubba. At the end of this time, Jason's hand smashes through the deck and grabs the girl. It was like someone was making a mix-up of the two movies in real time and trying to correct it seamlessly in front of us. I watched these two movies separated on two computers, and I'm speechless. They're so different, yet that night with my girlfriend as my witness, it was like watching a crossover of the two movies, with a flowing plot, but with characters, scenes, actors in the wrong place, in the wrong movie. And no, neither of us was tripping. By the way, it's a disc, so it wasn't some shady stream of Friday the 13th 2009 with Texas Chainsaw Massacre scenes edited in. When I play it now, it plays entirely different, like it's supposed to. I think about this night often because it is so hard to describe. Because it's a movie, or two movies in one, and also because it was then that I became terribly aware that reality has glitches. Glitches that more than just I notice. Before I get into this story, it was requested by the user that posted it, that... I ask if anyone has experienced anything similar, and if so, to please reach out to them. You can find them in the link in the description, or you can send it my way and I can forward the info. Thank you. I have experienced what I would consider small glitches before in my life. Most could be chalked up to misinterpreting what I see. Others, I couldn't explain, but are substantial. What happened three days ago is no small glitch. I've been mulling it over in my head trying to rationalize it, and thought here might be a good place to post in search of others with similar experiences. I live with my mom and younger brother in a small apartment on the east coast of Canada. What's important about the layout is we have a wall that stretches the length of the apartment with big windows, which gives us a view of the harbor. On this particular day, it was sunny out. Clear skies. The blinds were open, so the apartment was lit up with natural light. Another thing about the layout, my room has a floor-to-ceiling window to the living area. It's translucent and frosted, so you can't see specific details, only shadows. But it's enough to light up the room during the daylight hours. It was sometime during three in the afternoon when it happened. I was lying in bed on my phone scrolling through Twitter, and my mom was talking on the phone in the living room. I was suddenly overcome with this feeling that something important was about to happen. You know that memory almost everyone has when you're like three years old and just starting to become self-aware, and you say to yourself, I'm going to remember this moment forever. Then you do. It was like that feeling. Hard to describe in words, but those who have a memory like this will understand what I mean. So, 
I got that feeling. It lasts for just a few seconds, and then it's gone. Just as soon as it's left, it's dark in my room. There's no more daylight lighting my room through the window. I'm in the exact same position I was in. The phone is still in my hand, open to the same place on my Twitter timeline it was before the feeling, albeit with the 20% battery pop-up displayed, and my first thought is something like, huh, it got cloudy quick. But I look at the time on my phone, and apparently it's now 7.27. I'm confused, and a little bit scared, honestly. So I open my door and enter the living space. It's definitely nighttime now, and the only light is from the apartment's dim outdoor light system and my neighboring city's light pollution from across the harbor. My mom is no longer on the phone, but in her room, taking a nap. My anxiety starts kicking in, and I've had low-level anxiety constantly ever since. My paranoia makes me worry that it's going to happen again, but mostly, I'm freaked out that I missed about four hours of my life and didn't even realize it. I know what some of your suggestions will be. Absent seizure, even though those rarely last more than 15 seconds, or that I fell asleep... Maybe I just zoned out for four and a half hours straight. But I'm telling you, the difference between 3-ish and 7.27, it happened instantly. I didn't even blink, as cliche as that would be. Just boom. Suddenly, it's dark out, and apparently, I thought a tweet about my digital paint program's new feature was so intriguing... I decided to spend the next four hours in awe. I swear, I was even exhaling the same breath when the change happened. My arm was still in the same tensed-up, uncomfortable position it was when I was lying on my stomach holding the phone. It would have stayed like that for hours, but it felt like no time had passed. Anyways, I'm really stuck on what happened here. I've noticed that I felt like time was speeding up recently and others I've talked to have felt the same way. But I'm skeptical on whether or not this is related. Have any of you experienced anything similar? Especially recently? Hi everyone, this is my first Reddit post ever. The glitch in the Matrix is what brought me here because... I've experienced quite a few glitches in my life. I would like to discuss one of the things that has happened to me, because I've never met anyone who's experienced the same, but I'm quite sure that there must be people out there who have. It's about changing a deja vu, so knowing what is about to happen next, but changing its course so that the outcome is different than what happens in your deja vu. I know the scientific explanation of deja vu is that your brain is just lagging behind a bit and catching up, so you're not really experiencing something you've experienced before, but you're only perceiving it that way. Interesting explanation, but quite improbable if you manage to change the narrative. Here's the story. When I was in my early 20s, I was on a camping trip with a few friends. I met a bunch of new people there, and... I really liked and clicked with them. We had great fun together, and 
were sharing stories around a campfire in the evening. I didn't drink at the time, so I wasn't intoxicated. At some point, the subject of deja vus came up, and we started discussing them. During that discussion, I had an actual deja vu. In that deja vu, I told everyone I was having one at that moment, and the mood turned quite awkward. It was obvious they were very skeptical about it, didn't believe me, and thought I was just making it up to sound interesting and to get attention. I really didn't want to put off these people from liking me, because I had such a good connection with them, so I stopped myself in time and didn't mention the fact that I was actually having a deja vu, and just kept my mouth shut. Because of that, the deja vu obviously changed. There was no awkwardness, and we continued to have a great evening and rest of the weekend. Looking back, I suspect that changing the deja vu actually changed my life. Those people I met there, they became very good friends, to such a point that I moved to their hometown, which I fell in love with the moment I first visited it, and I became roommates with one of them when I left my mom's house to live on my own. In that same circle, I met the love of my life, with whom I have a wonderful relationship, and many of those people are still an important part of my life. I'm 39 now. I often wondered how different my life would have been if the people around that campfire had mistaken me for an attention seeker if I had told them about the deja vu. Knowing them, it would have definitely influenced their opinion about me and I doubt they would have liked me as much. I shared the story with some of them later on, when they knew me well enough to know that I'm not an attention seeker at all, but they can't really remember the discussion, which is rather logical, because it didn't have the same impact on them as it did on me, of course. So I'm curious, if there are people out there who have similar stories about changing deja vu, and do you have the feeling it actually changed the course of your life? Or was it only a minor thing? I would love to hear your stories. Hey guys, I've never posted here before, never thought I'd have to. For context, my mom died about 16 months ago. My sister still lives in her house with her boyfriend. They're looking for a new place and the house is going to me purely because it's too big for my sister and my sister doesn't want to live there anyway. My mom's room has been entered about three times since she died. In all honesty, it's a mess because it's exactly the way it was when she died and she stayed in the hospice so my sister who is a messy bugger, but who also didn't like going in there, didn't do much with it apart from going in to get anything my mom needed, taken to the hospice, or putting washed clothes on her bed. All her belongings from the hospice were brought back and placed in her room. The bags are still on the floor because none of us can face going in there unless we really need to. And due to COVID... There has been a delay in getting my mom's headstone. We've made it so pretty, and we're up there every other day to keep it pretty for her. 
About two months ago, I remembered the little pink marble angel I always had on me for positive vibes, and I thought my mom would like it, so I sat it next to the flower at her grave. The angel is like the size of a child's pinky, but it has a bit of weight. About a month ago, we were tidying up the grave, and I realized the angel is gone. At the time, I figured it was either weather-related, or someone stole it. Fast forward about two weeks, and I had to go get something for my mom's room that was in her purse. The purse hasn't been touched since before she died, and she would have been the last person to touch it. So I go up and I look for the purse, and eventually find it in her makeup boxes. I open it to make sure the thing I'm looking for is in there, and my heart sank. I froze in the spot, but only for a second, because I just immediately felt happy, even though I was crying my eyes out. That pink angel? It was in her purse. But how? I genuinely have tried to brush this off as something that's happened that will be perfectly explained by logic, but I can't. So, did I have more than one angel? No, I absolutely did not. Did my mom have one? This is unlikely, because it was my friend from New Zealand who sent it to me from there. Did I even put it on the grave? Yes, because my papa phoned and asked me if it was me that put it there because he really loved it. Did I take it away from the grave, go into the one room I don't go into, and put it in a purse I have not touched since before my mother died? If any of you guys could think of a logical explanation, I would appreciate it. Because I want to believe this is something more, but until I've exhausted all other possibilities, my head won't let me. So, thank you for reading. When I was younger, I was on the swim team for the YMCA, and I was leading the lane. I remember my coach rambling, and I was totally not paying attention to anything he said. The only thing I heard was something along the lines of going underwater on my back as far as I can, and then do something else once I surfaced. In my head, I said, Alright, I'll just hold my breath all the way across the pool. And then I took off. Obviously, this was not an achievable goal. Once I pushed off the wall and got to the flags, right when I normally came up for air, it felt like time suddenly slowed down. I can barely explain it. That is when I completely started zoning out because I saw my reflection perfectly, as if I was looking at a mirror. I felt at peace, and before I knew it, I was aware that I was taking small breaths through my mouth while I was underneath the water still. This is when I got a bit startled and super disoriented and broke out of the trance I was in. I came up, not out of breath at all, and my coach, mom, and even the lifeguards were cheering and clapping for me. I made it all the way across the pool. My coach asked me to do that again because he was so impressed 
and I could barely even get halfway. I tried to explain to my friends and everyone what happened, but they all just laughed, brushed it off, or said it was some weird air pocket. With a quick disclaimer, I was a competitive swimmer for about 14 years. I used to be captain of my high school team, and I'm even a swim coach and lifeguard currently. Yes, I can hold my breath all the way across the pool easily when on my stomach. However, I still can't go all the way across the pool when underwater and on my back without a nose plug, never mind me with less experience. Yes, I have considered this just being a really vivid dream. However, I've had dreams about me breathing underwater before, and it was nothing like this. I also recorded it in one of my journals the day it happened. I talked about it all the time, and my mom even remembers that day. I've also never seen my reflection so perfectly on top of the water like I did that day. I know this story may sound crazy, but... It's a memory that will always be in my head, and all the explanations just don't line up with what happened. I love reading everyone's unique stories and experiences and thoughts about what happened. It's really turning my brain right now. Hello. I recently experienced what I believe to be a glitch in the Matrix. The more I think about it, the stranger and less sense this occurrence makes. A little while ago, I was with some friends, and when I got up to leave their place, I couldn't find my phone anywhere. The entire group of us scoured the full house and yard, even though we stayed in the one room the whole time. We did this multiple times to make sure we didn't overlook it. Multiple unsuccessful pings from my Apple Watch and everyone calling it as well. No one in our group could find it. And I had definitely had it there not long before, as we all recalled me looking up some facts about the movie we were watching on it earlier. After about an hour of looking, I decided to give up and drive home. Note, I drove back the exact route I had driven to get there. The entire time I am pinging, calling, and doing everything I can think of, and still nothing. A few more attempts when I go home, and still nothing. So, I go to bed. The next morning, I'm thinking about how I'm going to have to get a new phone and all of that nonsense, when I throw out a Hail Mary and call it one last time. This time, someone answers. An old woman picks up the phone and tells me she found it on the road last night, around 11pm, right around when I was searching for it, while she was walking her dog, and that she'd come by and drop it off at me at my address. When she gets here, she hands me my phone. It was still locked, as all of the notifications from us calling and texting it from last night were still unopened. However... When I asked where she found it, what she tells me makes no sense. She tells me that she found it on a street that's on the entire opposite side of my city. Not only was it nowhere near the route I had taken, my friends or my own place, but literally as far away from us as possible. I have 
no idea how it could have gotten over there. Especially in the hour-ish span between knowing I was using my phone at my friend's place, us all looking for it, and then me going home. The only explanation I can think of? Maybe it was outside on the road somewhere near where I was? Some random person picked it up and carried it with them for some time before they ditched it somewhere across the city. Maybe because they couldn't unlock the phone? And then, I guess the old lady found it? But even that would be a huge coincidence for all of that to happen in that time span. Any thoughts? This is something both my husband and I have noticed. When we're listening to his brother on a voice chat from a room away, but the delay seems to swap around, and we hear his voice over the speaker before hearing it in real life. I'll explain in more detail. The brother's bedroom is directly above ours. The floor slash ceiling is thin enough that you can sometimes hear the sound of him talking up there, from our room. The two of them are both gamers, and will play online together from the computers in their respective rooms. While doing this, they communicate via Discord voice chat. Yes, they talk over voice chat from separate rooms in the same house. It's weird. When this happens, you can usually hear the brother's voice both through my husband's computer speaker but also hear it in person coming from upstairs, of course with a slight delay. One time they were playing together and talking, I was sat behind my husband casually listening to their conversation, when I noticed something strange. The brother, he said a certain word and I swear I heard it come from the speaker first and then the muffled sound of him saying it from upstairs. I listened more closely and it happened again with the next thing he said. It was as if the delay had been reversed, and now his in-person voice was an echo of his speaker voice. I immediately spoke up, and I told my husband what I'd noticed, but he just laughed it off. A few days later, though, they were playing and talking together again when my husband turned to me and said, I just heard it too. He had noticed the same thing. His brother's voice came through the speaker first before coming from above us. He told his brother about it this time, who brushed it off, saying we must be hearing an echo, as in, his real-life voice is echoing in the house, so we're hearing the echo of his voice after hearing the speaker. That doesn't make sense to me, though. The delay there usually is between the sound of his in-person and speaker voice is notable, at least enough that there wouldn't be time for an echo to come after it. The house isn't that echoey, and I've never noticed an echo like that usually, and if his voice was echoing in the house, the speaker voice would come at the same time as the echo, not before it. There wouldn't be a space in between him talking and the echo to fit the sound of him and the speaker in between. I hope all that made sense. So 
So I was going home from school, and when I got home and tried to open the door, it was locked. I didn't think of it as unusual, because my parents often lock the door if they are in meetings or on phone calls, so I knocked on the door, but no one opened. This wasn't very weird either, because they might not have heard. Suddenly, I hear from inside of my house someone walking around. For some context, our door is thick, very thick, and no one in my family weighs over 80 kilograms, so it's impossible I could have heard them through the door. Now here comes the even weirder part. Next to our door, we have a panel of frosted glass where you can only see shadows through it. I see the silhouette of this person, and it is a big person, much larger than anyone in my family. The person stands in front of the glass panel and stays there for a few seconds, then walks away, and at this moment, I'm quite scared. I'm not scared because I think something paranormal is going on, but because I think someone has broken into my house and killed my family. So, my instincts tell me to walk away and call the police. But, my curiosity wins, and instead, I knock again. No one opens. One final time, I try to open the door, but no, it's still locked. By the way, on our door, there is a small crack between the door and the wall, and I see that the little bar that locks the door is pulled down meaning that the door hasn't become stuck because of ice or anything. At this point, I start to walk away from the door, and I'm not really sure what to do. But then, my little sister opens the door. She doesn't unlock it. She just opens it. I asked her if the door was locked, but she looked at me strangely and said no. Now, I know that there are doors that are locked from the outside, but unlocked from the inside, but the lock on our door is 40 years old, and we haven't got any of that new technology. I've been thinking about this for the past few days, and I'm feeling like I'm going to go insane or something, because obviously no one believes me when I tell them what happened. Has anyone experienced anything like this before? And if so, please do tell me. I really want to hear it. So that, my friends, was another Glitch in the Matrix collection. A huge thank you to everyone who let me read their stories and to all of you that got to this point. Now, I'm going to speed run this next part so we can get straight to the word of the week. So give me one second. If you enjoyed this and would like more content like this, please do hit that subscribe and the bell icon next week. You can also hit the thumbs up and let me know like the video. You can also join my Patreon or channel memberships. All Patreon channel members get early access to all of my content. You can also follow me on all my social media platforms. All of it is appreciated and none of it is required. Thank you very much to everyone. Let's move on to the word of the week. <laughs> Last week's word was loaf. And that was a fun one. This week we're going to run through them uh, reverse alphabetic. First person is... Sevon or T. Sevon. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. I apologize if I pronounced it incorrectly. I laughed so hard when the roommate said meatloaf from the future. I agree. Future foods are going to be so good. That's my take on that. 
Um, anyways, next up is 242 Reads. Good friend of mine. Go sub to her channel, please. Great video as always. I really enjoyed them this week. While I was loafing around, I had the loaf of bread next to me. It seems, since I lost my job, bread filled the hole with a starchy greatness. Now, if I could figure out how to make my own loaf of bread, that would be great. But I have no drive to do anything but eat. What a shame. I'm more than halfway through this one. Next up is Reharmonized. Just like a loaf of homemade bread, your videos are always warm, welcoming, and never fall flat. Just make sure you have yeast. Next up is P.A. Nightmares. I'm going to loaf around my house, listen to my favorite Birdman while eating this loaf of potato bread as a snack. Speaking of, it makes for good burb food too. I will share. Thank you, but I will be taking your entire loaf of bread, P.A. Next up is Jose Cuevas. Thank you for this awesome stories. Just so you know, I bought a loaf of bread so I can make sandwiches and listen to your narrations. Sandwiches are perfect narration foods, FYI. Eliza H. with the do not loaf around, click the like button. Alternate definition, since I'm cutting down on carbs. I like that. Thank you. And lastly, but not leastly, Annie Red DJ, of course. Another batch of stories with wonderful narration. Glad you were able to remedy your video software issues. Whether it's glitch stories, terrifying true stories, or my favorite scary Saturday fiction stories, a notification of a raven video is like a lovely warm loaf of crusty Italian bread with butter. Screw the carbs. Lol. Indeed. Screw the carbs. I want Italian bread with butter now. So please do... Everybody, please do give me some garlic bread. That is all I ask. Just garlic bread, please. Anyways... Let's move on to this week's Word of the Week. That will be in a moment. Let me find one. All right, this week's Word of the Week is right here in the dictionary. Uh, the word is hutch. Definition will be a chest or compartment for storage, a cupboard surmounted by open shelves, a pen or coo for an animal. That's coop, not coo. I used the wrong word. So we, it's, you got the word. It's hutch. Okay, Hutch. And here's the dictionary closing, so you all know it's real. Um, I love this dictionary. I bought it from Half Price Bookstore for like six bucks. Uh, it's the Merriam-Webster's Collegiate 11th edition, so it's kind of old, but, you know, it is what it is. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this video, and I hope you guys have some good fun with the Hutch definition sentence word of the week thing. I'm done talking random stuff. I'm going to end this outro because it's almost four minutes. I love you guys. Thank you so much. I'll see you on the next video, but until then, sleep well.